Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeists, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hey guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. We have got a really, really special treat lined up for you guys this week. We sat down with Dalton Jones and Jessica Vick of Southern Souls Paranormal. Uh, Southern Souls is a paranormal research and haunting investigation group out of Alabama. And to say these guys are top-notch team would be a vast understatement. I can tell you that I have very, very rarely run into, in all my years of doing investigations and dealing with the paranormal, a group as cohesive and as unified as this team is. They treat each other like family, and that comes with a lot of humor and a lot of great attitude and a lot of seriousness when it comes to investigating the paranormal. We initially sat down thinking it was going to be probably an hour-long conversation, and that went out the window pretty quickly. It ended up being a little over three hours, which is why we are breaking this into two parts. In part one, we did a lot of talking about how Jessica and Dalton both got involved in the paranormal in the beginning, how their teams came together, uh, what their philosophy is when it comes to building teams and how to run investigations and even how to filter out who they're going to be investigating and why they're going to be investigating. And then we also went into some areas of rules for investigators during investigations. And it's just a lot of really good advice. If you are a paranormal researcher or if you are thinking about getting into doing any kind of investigations or if you're just really interested in what goes on behind the scenes of investigation work this is going to be a great episode for you they throw out so many nuggets and so many pieces of just great great advice that i told them at one point if i had had somebody have the kind of conversation with me when i was their age and i was just getting started in doing investigations if I had had somebody tell me the kind of things that they put out in this episode, it would have saved me at least two to three years of making really, really, really boneheaded mistakes. So again, if you're interested in any aspect of that, if you're thinking about doing investigations, if you've got a team and things just aren't clicking the way you want them to click, take a listen to this episode and take their advice to heart because these guys have got it going on in a really, really strong way. So, without any further ado, let's get to our conversation with Dalton Jones and Jessica Vick of Southern Souls Paranormal. Enjoy. Hey guys, uh, we're joined this week with Jessica Vick and uh, Dalton Jones from Southern Souls Paranormal. They are a haunting investigation group out of Alabama, and that makes me feel great because they are Southerners, and I love talking to the Southerners. It makes me feel right at home. If you guys could, uh, I know a little bit about your group, but if y'all could go into 
a little bit about your background and about what got you into doing hunting investigations and really what's what Southern Souls Paranormal is all about. Okay. Uh, so it for me, it started at a young age with, uh, you know, watching Scooby-Doo, uh, as most, you know, kids uh, back then did. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that, that was my show, and, you know, I, I watched it every day. I was obsessed with it, actually, uh, as, as bad as I hate to say that, but, I mean, it's true. Uh, and then uh, as I got older, uh, about uh, 10 or 11, uh, I started watching Ghostbusters, and uh, that was, like, my favorite movie of all time. I mean, it's, it still is one of my one of my favorites. And uh, at about 14 or 15, I got into Ghost Hunters International and Ghostbusters. I mean, uh, Ghost Adventures. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, seeing those people do that, it was it was you know I thought, well, that's pretty cool. You know, I want to try that. Uh, so you know, about three or four months down the road, you know, I, I got I, I ordered. Some equipment, you know, just some small things, a uh, cheap EMF detector and uh, a PSP7, and that was that was what I what I worked with at the time. And I was just you know testing it out and then using the the recorder on my phone. Uh, which, but now uh, I realize that phone recorders don't work as well. Mm-hmm. Right. But since the beginning, we I've always been about helping people, and you know, I've never I've never wanted to do it for money. It's just, you know, it's, it's a passion of mine that, you know, I really enjoy it. You know, it's 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 pretty cool to, to, to do what we do and, you know, to to have a support group, uh, I guess I would say, you know, friends, family, even people we don't know that, that support us. And, you know, that makes us feel like we're on the right path and that we're doing something right. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about you, Jesse? What, what got you into the paranormal? Well... Mine is kind of a little bit different than his. Um, mine actually started, I can remember the very first uh, experience that I ever had. Um, and I'll try to make it short because it's a little long, but basically I was around the age of four or five years old. And my parents, they worked uh, the graveyard shift. So um, my brother and I, we would have to go stay with our grandparents. So um, I remember it was just around three o'clock in the morning. And where they lived, we lived in a neighborhood, but my grandmother's house was kind of surrounded by woods. So I remember I got my little happy butt out of the truck and I started walking up onto her porch. And down in front of the house was um, a very thin tree line. So it would have been to my left. I heard a this laughter and I can still hear it in my head, but to try to describe it to you is, not gonna happen because I sound goofy when I try to do it, but um, it basically, well, now, now it now it makes me now it makes me want to hear it. So. Well, it, okay, I'll do the sound version, but it was kind of like the whole ha 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 ha, you know, the generic evil laughter. I mean, I swear, and it was so evil sounding and so deep and dark, baritone sounding that it literally scared the piss out of me and so I froze and I looked down and I didn't you know obviously the kid I didn't see anything so I mm-hmm. I started like yelling for my grandmother and I was knocking on the door ringing the doorbell and she comes she's like what is wrong with you I said somebody's laughing at me in the woods and she's like what are you talking about it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm like 
Um, there, a man just laughed at me in the woods. I said, is Papa in the woods? She said, no, he's in the bed. So basically, I had to make her show me that he was physically in the bed asleep. So she took me in the house and she showed me and I, you know, I told her what I heard. And, um, and still to this day, I just, something in me feels that that was paranormal. I mean, I know you can sometimes rule things out. You know, people will blame it on your imagination. You're being that young, but I mean, I will argue with you until I'm blue in the face that that was something paranormal because I heard it. And, Mm -hmm. um, but as far as the rest of my background, I've always kind of been the black sheep in my family, and my mama can tell you that, you know, especially growing up in the South, like, I didn't necessarily feel feel like I fit in down here, so when I started uh, growing up and, you know, learning more about the paranormal, I was like, hey, this stuff is kind of cool, you know, because I've always been a knowledge seeker, I've always been, you know, I always want to know answers, I'm always asking questions, I mean, everybody can tell you that knows me, I will, you know, get on your nerves asking some questions so it's interesting to me that there is something out there that we can't see that can you know touch you or move things or you know let you have a five second glimpse of their being you know and it's always it's just something I've always been so intrigued in and you know like I said around here it's kind of taboo the paranormal and all that you know especially mm-hmm. well you know no offense to any Christians out there but um it's just I don't really know how to explain it it just feels like a calling to me and it's it's just I want to know as much as I can about it um and I've had several more experiences you know as I got older and um you know, now, and I've done so much research on it, and I've sat and, you know, just tried to educate myself, and, um, you know, we'd go to our local graveyard, and I'd bring my little camera, and I'd be like, oh, my God, I got an orb, you know, like, that was exciting, <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was kind of like, because I was watching, um, it wasn't, I can't remember the very first paranormal show I watched, but it was a, a, a group based in the UK, and they had a psychic medium, and I started watching it when I was around, 12 or 13 and I just became so obsessed with that and I was like I want to do that I want to go but yeah it was you know I thought I was bad with my little my little camera my little Kodak uh, <laughs> digital camera and I'd go out in the graveyard and I'd take uh, photos and you know I would get orbs and stuff I would take photos in my house I said oh well there's one of my dead relatives hanging out in the living room or something you know or at the time that's what I thought but Right. Because um, I know a heck of a lot more now than I did then, but it was still, every time I had an experience, I mean, it just, it lit a fire in me that just nobody can put out. Probably one of the coolest experiences I've had is I saw something physically move with my own eyes. Um, okay. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that. Well, it's kind of random. Um, and I'm not going to name any names, but, because she'll hear this, but, um, so, we were, it was in, I want to say it was December of 2009. I was at my friend's house. Uh, it was an apartment, actually. And it was her mom, me, her, and her two sisters. And we were sitting there. Y'all don't laugh at me. But we were sitting there waiting on the music video premiere of Lady Gaga and Beyonce's song, Telephone. And, like, we were sitting there waiting on it. Like, it was supposed to premiere at five. So, in their house, 
they had you go into the living room and when you when you walk in the door toward the right there was a bedroom and there was a calendar and i'm telling you this is random so random but she can tell you to this day that it happened i mean there was a calendar behind the door and it had a highlighter on it i'm sitting so that the the door entrance to the bedroom would be on my left well i'm sitting there and i don't know i just something something made me i don't i don't want to say something told me but some reason i looked toward the door and when i did i witnessed the highlighter come off of the hook come around the door basically kind of levitate around the door and started i don't even know how to explain it it just flew into the living room and slid across the floor and we were like we all stopped and looked at each other we looked in there and her littlest sister was in the other bedroom playing. And so, brave me, everybody else was too scared. I got up to go look. There is no possible way that that was her sister. And I sat there and physically watched this highlighter, pen, whatever you want to call it, curve around the door. And I'm like, whoa. And so, it's kind of weird because uh, we kind of believe that she has some type of spiritual attachment. Um, mm-hmm. Everywhere she's lived, it's always been, they've always had some type of activity, which now um, they live in a whole new um, location. And she told me it was, I believe, Saturday night, Friday night, her um, light bulb over their kitchen uh, table exploded in the socket. Now, logical me was thinking, you know, maybe the fuse or the wires or something got too hot. And cause it to explode but mm-hmm. she's like no no she's like this she said it it just exploded you know so i told her well go cut the fuse off go cut whatever but it's it's just stuff like that like um i've just always been into the taboo type stuff the occult type stuff um the darker side of life and you know if you were to see me in person you would look at me and be like you wouldn't think you know, that that's my kind of personality, that's my interest, because I look just like a normal person. And um, some say I'm kind of a goth girl at heart because my music preferences and just the things that I like to do. So it's just pretty much, I mean, I'm always down for something paranormal, you know, always. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it just hypes me up. It gives me so much adrenaline. Well, that actually sounds like most normal people that I know. It's just a lot of folks don't have the guts to admit that they're into it. You know, it's not so much that they're not that, that it's abnormal. It's just that most folks don't they don't get as involved with it as folks like us do. Right. Uh, is the truth of the matter. Um, so how did how did you guys come together? How did y'all y'all form up a group? To begin with, it was it was me for the, the longest time. Uh, like I said, I started at fifteen, so you know I was born in two thousand. Uh, so I started the team in two thousand fifteen. Uh, for the longest time, it was just me. Uh, doing solo investigations, which is, which can be scary and dangerous at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whenever you're doing an investigation, you you always want to to have somebody there with you, not necessarily in the same room, uh, but you know you always want to have somebody else with you. Uh, no, you know, it's actually, yeah, not not just for for safety reasons, but also for credibility reasons. Yes, yes, exactly, but. And like I said, I, I don't recommend doing it by yourself uh, for the reasons that you just said, uh, credibility and safety. Uh, but 
uh, like I said, for the longest time, it was just me. And then I had two investigators join me uh, from a house that I investigated back in September of 2017. Uh, since then, uh, we've we're since since that investigation we've done a lot we've been on a lot of investigations and you know seen a lot of cool things um we had a seminar we hosted a seminar with uh, the bama boys uh jonathan hodges and benny reed they're great people uh mm -hmm. talking to them uh they're real great guys real funny and like i said we did a bunch of investigations we did an investigation at the house of dolls uh, in Cortland, alabama but since then, uh, they left for their own reasons. But shortly before they left, I had hired in four new investigators. I'm sorry, uh, three new investigators. And that would be Jessica, Sean South, and Walker Gibson. Uh, and Sean South, he, uh, he actually has played on The Walking Dead, Stranger Things. He was the garbage man in the movie The Ant-Man. Uh, I mean, he's, he's played in a lot of good movies and TV shows. Uh, he's played in Snaps. He's he's played in a few Disney movies uh, and Marvel TV shows. Uh, but you know, he's he's a really good guy to have on the team, and you know, it kind of keeps us, you know, it it kind of keeps things interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, for you know, you know, it's just he can tell us, you know, about some of his some of the things he's filmed or whatever. Of course, he can't tell us, you know, what he's working on now. Uh, which actually he is working on a project. Uh, he wouldn't tell us what it was, of course, and if he did, we wouldn't be able to say anything. But exactly, uh, uh, I, I think that's pretty cool uh, for you know us to have a you know uh, an actor that you know he's still acting. Uh, would I think that's pretty cool to have, especially being you know somebody that's been on very popular TV shows. I mean, The Walking Dead and Stranger Things. I mean, those are you know the two most popular TV shows out there right now. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it, uh, it, it's just pretty cool to, to, to have him on the team. And Walker, he uh, he, ha he actually has a lot of knowledge on, you know, the paranormal. And most people that I have that want to join the team, they, they don't really have much knowledge. I mean, their knowledge is minimal. Um, you know, they know what an orb is or what an apparition is. But, you know, as far as the equipment goes, uh, they know the names, but they don't know how they function, uh, and you know they really don't know. I call them, I call it the rules of an investigation, uh, which we follow. Um, you know they don't, they don't really know any any of that. So I'm not necessarily starting from, you know, ground zero or anything, but I'm I'm building them up from what they already have and building on their knowledge. Uh, and Jessica also had you know a pretty good bit of knowledge. Um, from whenever we first spoke on the phone uh, before I hired her, uh, but you know, just just to have you know these these investigators that you know a lot of times I actually refer to them as family because you know they really are. Um, you know, we have each other's backs uh, on and off investigations. Uh, and, you know, we'll we'll be there for each other. You know, no matter what happens, um, and you know that's that's something you need to have whenever you're. Uh, building a team you want to have not just a, a, a professional relationship but you know a friendship uh, I mean you want to you want to you know these people are going to be you know they're going to be watching your back you don't want somebody that you know is kind of well I don't really like him or you know he's kind of stuck up you want you want them to to be your friends uh, because exactly. they rely on, you, rely on them 
Uh, yep. So that's just one of my tips that, you know, I have for anybody out there wanting to start a team. Uh, you know, have a professional relationship with them, but also have uh, a friendship with them as well. Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I know the guys that I had working on my team when I lived down in North Carolina were as close to me as family. And we would do anything to this day. We do anything in the world for each other. Just when you're doing an investigation, you're in a stressful situation to begin with. Uh, yeah. You're, you're constantly on the lookout for, for stuff. You, you, you have to know that the person that you're with is somebody that you can trust. So, and it, also, you have to know that that this is a person that's going to be honest with you. If they say that they experienced something, that they're going to be upfront with you. They're just not going to try to to make things up or try to try to show off or anything like that. Yeah, and that, that's that's one of our our biggest rules is if you fake evidence once, uh, you're going to be. I mean, you're suspended uh, for mm-hmm. the next investigations because. We want our evidence to be 100% real, as real as it can get. Uh, and if you fake evidence after that, you're gone. Uh, and so I'm I'm pretty strict uh, for the rules, but you know I'm not like I'm um, I'm strict in the in the right ways. You know none of my none of my investigators think of me as a boss or anything like that, but more as you know a friend. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know I do I do lay some ground rules. You know like no. No faking evidence or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, other than that, that's really our main rule. Um, and then, you know, besides that, we have, you know, take great care of the, the person that we're doing an investigation for. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to take care of them both before and after an investigation. Uh, before the investigation, we'll call them uh, every day or every other day, depending on how often they want to be contacted. Uh, and right. we'll build- it has that has anything changed? Has the activity increased? Has it decreased? Uh, you know, have you heard any more voices? Have you seen any shadows that you haven't seen before? And we'll just ask them those questions, you know, just about every day or any to any time that we contact them. And then afterwards, we're like, okay, has the activity decreased or increased? Has it gotten more physical? You know, any, anything like that. And we just try to to try to figure out, okay. What did this investigation do for them uh, as far as the activity goes? And then while we're doing that, we're also working on their evidence, which, you know, I'm I, since I've started, I was always the one that worked on the evidence. Uh, it's it's really kind of hard. I'm, it, let me try to word this the right way so, you know, people don't take this the wrong way. It's hard mm-hmm. to trust someone else with evidence, not not because they're untrustworthy, but because. I've been doing it for, you know, since 2015, and, you know, I know what to look for, and I'm very observant. I mean, if if anybody's going to, you know, help me look over the evidence, it's going to be Jessica. Um, right, right. Because she's, in, in a lot of ways, she's a lot like me, and, you know, I think that's why she makes such a, a great co-lead, um, and she's she's done a lot for us. You know, she's... Uh, overall, a great investigator, and you know, I wouldn't trade any of my investigators for anybody else. And you know, uh, I, you know, I, in all honesty, I hope that they stay with us for years to come. I mean, e- even if they don't, you know, I still want to keep the connection with them and stay in contact with them. And you know, that's very important because, say, if an investigator leaves and you stay in contact with them, they're more likely to come back uh, to your group. Um, so if you, absolutely 
which me personally, I don't have, uh, you know, I don't put any of my investigators on a pedestal or anything like that. I just, you know, I congratulate them on, you know, their work and they're, okay, you just got an EVP, great job. Uh, you know, that sounds really great. And we'll try to figure out what question he asked. And if we, you know, usually get responses with that question, then we'll, we'll use that question again. Uh, because sometimes we'll come up with a question that we've never asked before. And mm-hmm. we'll use it again in a different investigation, see if we get another response out of it. Uh, so if somebody finds that magic question, uh, you know, I'll be pretty excited about that. And, you know, to get an EVP, it's pretty awesome. And, you know, I'll, I like to congratulate them. And Jessica is actually empathic. So she can, she can sense things. She's, you know, Ever since I've known her, I mean, she's been able to pick out a lie, and I'm not saying I've lied to her, but, you know, you can tell whenever, or she can tell when somebody's lying to her or, you know, stretching of truth. Um, mm-hmm. And she can sense a lot of different energies as well. I mean, she can tell you, okay, there's, you know, there's a, there's possibly something bad here. Um, but, I mean, it's it's pretty cool to, to have somebody like that on the team. Uh, we've had somebody like her before, but, you know, not to this extent. Like I said, she's been a great investigator. All of my investigators have. They all have their different personalities, and I think that's what makes this team so great. Uh, I mean, we have you know all these all these you know different personalities, and we all kind of mesh together and, and form a family uh, in a sense. Um, and we all work together seamlessly, and that's another right. thing that a team needs to have. You need to be able to work together and not have any type of conflicts or disagreements. Of course. You know, with the work we do, we're going to have disagreements. Hey, that EVP says, you know, such and such. No, this EVP says that. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just, you, you don't want to break out into an argument. But, you know, as far as disagreements go, that's really the only disagreements we'll ever have. But, you know, finding, finding people like that, that that work so great together, it's, it's, it, it's great. And, I mean, it's just, it's not something that you just need to throw away because, one person could come onto that team and just mess it all. So you need to be very careful on who you bring onto your team. Uh, I mean, because that could cause a lot of stress on other investigators as well. Say this person, you know, never shuts up or, you know, mm-hmm. thinks they're, they're, they know everything. You know, that could right. cause a lot of stress on uh, other team members. And during investigations, we're all not going to be at our, our, at our best. Uh, but, you know, once you find, you know, that sweet spot where, you know, everybody works, you know, very good together. You know, I wouldn't really focus on bringing any more else, anybody else into the team. Uh, and if you do, be very careful about it and make a team decision because everybody wants this person on the team. Uh, and you know, just try to try to find somebody that everybody can agree on. Hey, this guy's going to be a good investigator. Uh, you know, if we all, if it's a unanimous decision, you know, go for it. So what? 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 Because obviously you've put a lot of thought into how you've constructed your team. And, uh, you know, I know you, you've got Jessica who's, who's empathic. Do you feel like you, you have to have somebody like that on your team? Or do you feel like you, if you were putting together a team and you didn't, didn't have somebody that was empathic or that had any kind of special abilities like that, do you think you'd be as successful? Uh, well, I mean, Really, uh, as, as far as being successful goes, I mean, 
whether you have an uh, empathic person or not, it's really on how you carry yourself, how you represent your team, and how good of a job you do uh, that that makes you successful. Uh, I mean, if Jessica wasn't an empath, you know, she would still be a great investigator. I mean, you can either have one or you don't. Mm-hmm. Have, having an empath would be a plus uh, to, to any team, uh, but you really don't need to have no more than two. From what I've heard and from the research that I've done, their energy can cross and kind of not really it, – it's going to mess another uh, another team member's energy up if, if, if that's making sense. I'm really not sure on how to word that. Uh, no, no, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about because when um when I was your age, I was going to a lot of uh, seminars uh, on. This was the early days of haunting investigations. This was in the the early '90s, and Ed and Lorraine Warren, who of course are world famous investigators, would do seminars, and I went to a couple of them. And of course, uh, Lorraine is is psychic. She's an empath. And she always said she she said the same exact thing. She never wanted more than one other person who had any kind of uh, special abilities like that with them because she said you get cross signals, which is exactly what you're describing. Mm-hmm. So if you had a team of let's say you had a team of four or five people and four and all four or five of them were empaths, well they could just be messing each other up and tripping over their own feet. <laughs> so, yeah. So. You know, if people look at empaths like like their goals to to uh, you know paranormal research groups, and yeah, it's great to have one, but if you have too many of them, it's it's not going to work out. It's not. I've seen a team that that had three empaths on there out of six team members, and their team fell apart. Uh, yeah, not not like in a literal sense, but you know, they're they didn't really get any good evidence and their stuff was just not very clear uh and it kind of contradicted itself and mm-hmm. you know that 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 goes for any team that has more than you know three empaths on their team uh you know and it, it really depends on how many members you have see to a while back and i'm still kind of thinking about that uh of hiring in more investigators or actually bringing more investigators onto the team and have uh, areas of service, separate areas, uh, to where we can help people all over the southeast. Uh, you know, areas in uh, Mississippi, areas in Alabama, areas in Georgia, uh, and all of them would have uh, a co-leader. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's only only one empath per area of investigation, to where it would be a district basically, and it would be an area team, not a full team of investigators so i guess what i'm trying to say is say there's an investigation in atlanta georgia mike bob and uh billy uh billy's a empath you know i go over to georgia or i have i i I get a co-leader over there you know they're investigating this house over here meanwhile over in uh mississippi there's another team of sally kim and and brian and, you know, they've got their own investigation. So, I mean, it wouldn't be like all of us, you know, say there's 20 investigators all coming to one house. But, you know, I feel like that would help a lot of more people or a lot more people rather. And, uh, you know, kind of kind of be a little different than any other team because as far as I know, no other teams do that. 
Right. The only the only time you hear of anything like that is uh, obviously with the TV shows like the Taps Network. I know they have multiple teams and they kind of fall under one big umbrella and things like that. But you you don't really hear a whole lot of that outside of the the big name groups. So that's that's pretty ambitious on your part for sure. So what what would you say then? Because uh, one thing that you need if you're going to build a network like that is you need a, a core philosophy. What's your what's your core philosophy then? When it comes to investigations, and what's what would you say is your mission when you come in? Are you are you more we're just going to gather evidence, or are you actually trying to help folks out long term? Or what's what what is what's your end game when you go into a place to investigate? Well, we're going in there to get evidence uh, first of all, but we also want to make sure that the homeowners are comfortable, whether they're there with us or if they left the house, stayed at a, a hotel or whatever. We want to make sure they're comfortable. And we want to get the best evidence possible uh, to figure out who who it is that's there and why they're there. Are they related to them? Uh, did they live in that house before? Uh, and a lot of times, some of those answers never get answered during the first investigation. I mean, spirits are just like people. If I walked up to you on the side of the road and said, hey, are you related to so-and-so? You know, most people would say, yeah, but be like, well, who are you? Why Why does that concern you? I mean, it's just they, they kind of have the same mindset, if if that makes any sense. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of times spirits don't even know they're dead. Uh, and I know people have heard that before. So and spirits, you know, they're 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 just like people uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, the only thing is we can't you know see them all the time. But, you know, they they can still think they can, you know, tell you things. And, you know, that, that's, that's been something that, you know, I've known ever since I've started. And a lot of hauntings are intelligent hauntings. As, as far as the ones I've done, most of them are intelligent hauntings. But, I mean, we, every time we go into an investigation, uh, we pray. Or at least we, I try to remember that sometimes depending on the investigation, what else going on that day, sometimes you forget. Just like these two cases in particular where we went into this house we, we started an EVP uh, or we started recording on our uh, EVP recorder and we got pray to God. Two different voices on two different investigations that we both forgot to pray. Wow. So um, it's so they're actually, they're actually looking out for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that that's pretty that's pretty amazing and you know that's that's probably one of my favorite EVPs I've ever gotten. Uh, but back to the philosophy, you know, you want to take care of of the homeowners because if you don't take care of them, you treat them like crap. You know, they're going to put out a bad word on you. And ratings in uh, for you know paranormal teams are a big deal. I mean, if you have a two star team or a one star team. You know, people are going to be like, well, I mean, this this team, I mean, they might be thieves or they might treat you like crap or might damage your property and not pay for it. You know, I don't know about them, but then you see this five-star team over here and you're like, oh, yeah, they're great. And you read the reviews on them and, you know, we've got great reviews, which uh, we we try we try to uh, have everybody that we've done an investigation for leave an, leave an honest review with some feedback. Uh, tell us what we did right, what we did wrong, uh, what would you change, um, 
what was your favorite part of the investigation? What was your least favorite? Uh, and of course, some of some of those those questions can't be answered uh, if they weren't there. Uh, if they you know left the house for us to investigate, but you know most of the time they'll they'll tell us that you know hey these guys were really great and you know they they came in did their job and you know they they got back with us the next day and you know thanked us and you know that's that's something that you know you you really want to have you you want to have people skills because you're going to be working with all these different strangers and you're going to be going into their home. That is their home. That is their safe place. Uh, and for them to let a stranger in, you know, and to film and to be there all night up. And that's, that's, that's a big deal. And that's, you know, you know, you have to be trusted and our, our ratings to us are, you know, a lot. And we've been a five star group ever since 2015. Uh, we've never been below a five star. And, you know, that's, that's something that, I really pride me and my team on, uh, which, you know, of course, there has been some people that, you know, they're they're not really nice, but, you know, you just got to kind of go through with it and, you know, they're just got to be nice to them and, you know, do whatever it takes to get that five star. I mean, you, you want you want to have that that, you know, that good rating. Uh, so that's really important. Uh, but you know, as far as taking care of the homeowner and then uh, making sure you get the best evidence and getting it to them as quickly as possible, uh, what most people believe, or what I, don't, I wouldn't really say most people, but what some people believe is that this is our job, uh, and it's not. We all have our day jobs. We all have our jobs that we do during the week. Uh, you know, it's that this is not the only thing we do. Um, and so we can't just stay up all day and then, uh, work on your evidence. You know, it's going to take a few weeks, uh, depending on how much is there, how long we recorded and depending on how, how busy we are. I mean, if we've got, you know, an investigation after investigation after investigation, it could take up to a month, month and a half before we, we get your evidence sent to you. And, you know, some people kind of, they don't really like that, but, you know, they kind of get where we're coming from. And, you know, if we have all these investigations, say we have five investigations we've got, and you're the last investigation we did. I mean, it could be four months before we get to your evidence, which, of course, we're going to be working as fast as we can. And any spare moment in time, we're going to be working on that. But, you know, it's not something that we can do 24-7. I mean, like no, I said, we're and, and a, lot of people don't, a lot of people don't realize that when you have – Let's, let's say you're doing an overnight investigation and you're there for six or seven hours. When you've got, let's say you've got four recorders going, that's 24 hours of recording that you got to go over. And you're not just listening to it. You're listening and you might hear something and then you go back and you listen to it again. And you listen to it again. It could take you 50 or 60 hours to analyze 20 to 25 hours worth of, worth of recordings if you're quick. I yeah. mean, I, I I've seen it where I've, I've gone over, um, you know, a three-hour take of an investigation, and it's taken me two days to do a three-hour take. So yeah. it, it is exhausting work. It's way more exhausting going over the evidence than it is doing the actual investigation. Yeah, and, you know, you're, you're sitting there looking at a dark screen, uh, you know, most of the time. Uh, after, you're, after you've done the investigation review and evidence, you're looking at, 
I mean, basically, it's a still frame. I mean, if it's an X camera, you're just looking, okay, trying to see if things move, which looking at those is a lot easier because you can focus uh, on one spot and use your peripheral vision in the area around it to see if anything's moving, uh, which is something that I use a lot, and it's it's done a lot for me. Because if your eyes are bouncing around the screen, you're going to miss stuff. Uh, so whenever I look at X-camera footage, I focus in the center of the screen, and I use my peripheral vision to see if I can see anything moving. You know, it would seem like if you're looking all over the screen, you know, you're going to, you're going to, catch different stuff but you know if an orb pops up in the top left and you're looking over in the bottom right you're going to miss it whereas if you're looking in the middle of the screen you're going to see the entire screen you're going to see you know what's in the middle uh in your immediate vision and then uh what's on the outside through your peripheral so i've that's actually that's actually been it's worked very well for me uh but whereas you're doing you're actually holding the recorder and you're walking around a room, you can't do that. You've got to uh, focus on a spot, rewind it, focus on a different spot, rewind it, focus on a different spot. And people do it differently. I've done a lot of different methods to where I just watch it like I'm watching TV and see if I can capture anything or see if I can see anything. And, I mean, there's just been so many different methods that, that I've used. But, you know, for... The, be the best way to, to analyze the entire video is watch 15 seconds, look in one spot, rewind at 15 seconds, look in another spot. I mean, just analyze half the screen at a time for 15 seconds. Uh, and then in 30 seconds, you've analyzed both sides of the screen and you didn't see anything. Uh, so that actually doubles your, the time it's going to take you if it's, if it's a, you know, three-hour video is going to take you 12 or six hours to do the entire thing. But, you know, if you're getting the evidence as much as you can, it's worth it. Because if you're the, – the the thing that really frustrates us as investigators is doing an entire investigation and only getting a couple of orbs. Because yeah, that's, that's, that's almost depressing when that kind of thing happens. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people don't understand. Looking at a TV screen for hours at a time at a blank screen or not not a blank screen but you know there's nothing going on it, it gets boring really quick and you know sometimes you just got to take a break from it otherwise you're going to miss stuff uh you're going to start dozing off uh and you know it's it's just not going to be as good of a turnout you know that's really all i've got to say as far as mm -hmm. you know that that goes right well that's i mean that's and, and for anybody listening that's that's either an investigator, especially a new investigator, or somebody that's looking to get into it, that's what you just gave was a lot of incredible information that people like me who didn't really have anybody mentoring uh, when we were coming up, you just saved them probably two years worth of frustration. So, <laughs> um, so hey, Jessica, so when, uh, when, when you're, because I know you helped do uh, some of the evidence analysis, things like that. With, with you being able to kind of feel things a little bit differently than most other people, do you, how much of that do you take into account when you're looking for evidence, or, or does that even play into it at all? Well, normally I, I mean, like he said earlier, we're kind of alike in that, but, um, and I'm not meaning to sound kind of, I don't mean to sound cocky when I say this, but um, there's a lot of things that I tend to 
pay attention more to than he does. And as far as, you know, um, I guess you would say I have an eagle eye, sort of. Um, but I'm very detailed and very, very observant. But mine, now, you can, to the normal person, you know, if you go and you're, you're going some going to a place and, you know, let's say you have a recorder or, you know, you have a, like, here's where I look at it. If you have, like, you're recording something and you catch what you think might be an orb or something, you know, fly across the screen or, um, you have to, like, you can't just say, obviously, you can't just say that, you know, that was paranormal. Um, I mean, you have to sit there and, like, look at the shape of it, the color of it, the size of it, the way it moves, you know, the transparency of it. And mine, I tend to use a lot of, like, my intuition as far as if something is, you know, especially if you have something questionable. But I rely mainly, not not equipment, but, like, you know, some of the best equipment that you can take on an investigation or anywhere is yourself and you know some people are more in tune with their mind and their senses and everything and their surroundings and aren't so it's just mine I go with what I'm feeling what I'm sensing and if there's a piece of evidence you know I'm going to sit there and listen to it over and over and over again and it's like I want to pay attention to every single detail you know if you if somebody breathes, you know, if it's one of us, I want to make sure that that's, if it's something, you know, legitimate or if it's something that can be debunked. I strictly like, I mean, and he'll tell you, I go with my feelings. And that's, you know, whether it's paranormal or everyday life. Have, have you ever had any situations where, because this is something that's happened to me, where you're going over evidence and, and you're, let's say it's you and Dalton, and, and you're saying, look, i got a really strong feeling in this room. We need to pay attention to this specifically. And there was something there that you wouldn't have necessarily caught otherwise. Oh, yeah. Um, and here's a here's kind of a – I'm going to clarify something. There's, there's a little bit of a misconception um, as far as, you know, people being sensitive and stuff and uh, picking up energies or whatever because, I mean – most places have some type of residual energy. I mean, whether it's a house that was built in the 1800s to, you know, a brand new um, home that was built in 2016, every place has some type of residual energy, I believe. And, you know, when you go somewhere, like, obviously, when you go to an older home or older place, you're going to kind of go with a pre-assumption already of, you know, okay, it's old, it's, you know, potentially creepy, it's there's potential activity, so you're going to go, you know, you're going to go in, in with a predetermination of, okay, I'm going to feel something. You have to, and some people, most people, it's hard to distinguish that, because like I said, you know, you're going in there and somebody says, well, um, Aunt Jeannie Johnson's old house place is haunted. And, you know, it's scary over there. So you're automatically going to trip yourself out and think, oh, it's scary. So you're going to go in there kind of cautious, kind of like, you know, on guard a little bit. But it's 
And it's not like that. I mean, you can have a brand new, like I said, you can have, you know, that house that was built in 2016 to be haunted. And it may not necessarily be the structure, it's the land. Absolutely. And that's what I try to, like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down, but I'm going to make it short. It's like every place, like I said, has some type of energy. Um, and it's just because you know people have been there before. And it's, you know, if sometimes you're given information about, you know, wherever it is you're at, sometimes you're not. Um, and you just rely on your senses. You rely on all five of your senses, actually your sixth sense, which is, you know, the spiritual side, your spiritual side, your intellect, your intuition. And I try to differentiate the, okay, so let me go over here. We're, we're at this house. Okay, so we've been told numerous times it's creepy. Yeah, it's got the creepy vibe. But the best thing to do is, like, walk around. Like, you know, you see them do it. You see a lot of um, mediums and a lot of, you know, sensitives do it. And that's like you're just kind of getting a feel. It's like every square foot of the house. You you just kind of walk around, just kind of soak in the um, territory. You know, soak it in. See what you, what do you feel? What are you sensing? What, like, do you, I mean, do you see anything? Because, you know, there's some people who can see things. I can't. I can just feel it. But, and a lot of people, it's hard, you know, they're going to automatically, you're going to go up in there and be like, well, I feel a negative spirit, you know. But that's mainly yeah. your fear. You're letting your fear or your anxiety kind of take over there. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of, it's, it's kind of complicated. And you just have to learn how to, like, pull it apart and be like, okay, so... I feel this room is the strongest. Um, and like the top, what is it? The top two rooms in a house is going to be the attic and the basement that creep people out the most. And which, you know, there may not even be any activity. And it may be like a bedroom or the kitchen. And a lot of times in the home, uh, the kitchen is where a lot of activity takes place, especially like demonic, because I don't know what it is about them demons and them daggum cabinets, but they love going there and opening them cabinets up like, I don't know. Like, that's just something that's always amazed me. Because, um, I mean, you don't go in your bedroom and your dresser drawers are open and your underwear and your clothes is all on the floor. It's always a good thing. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, I noticed that, too, that for some reason kitchens seem to be the center point of activity in a lot of in a lot of haunting cases. And I don't know if it's because the the kitchen is kind of the heart of the house to begin with, yeah. or if it's just that there's a lot of stuff to mess with in there. <laughs> I know if I, you know, if I ever become a spirit and I go haunt somewhere, uh, I'm going to be hitting the kitchen up because I don't, like I said, we don't know what it's like to be dead, but I, in real life, I eat like a pig anyway, so I'm probably going to be raiding somebody's refrigerator. Like, doors or whatever. I'm not even going to lie. I'll probably be up in your house eating your Oreos and drinking your beer. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you know, it's, and you're right. It is, and it's, I just, I don't get it. Like, what's so special about the kitchen? You know, I mean, food, that's number one. But in all seriousness, it does seem to be that way. And, you know, because you, you don't ever hear of, like, really 
in living room or the bedroom. It's just the kitchen and more or less either the kitchen or the basement. But like I said, basements and attics are going to freak people out anyways. And because it's like, oh, it's creepy, dark, tight space. Oh, my gosh, there's a ghost down there. Not necessarily. I, I, I also wonder if it has to do with the amount of metal and water in, yeah. in those rooms. Because, because I know bathrooms are another one that are really big hot spots a lot of times. Yes, I was actually just thinking that um, the water, because, you know, water is can conduct electricity and spirits use electricity like crackheads use crack. You know, they that's where they get their energy from. That's, you know, that's how mostly how they get their run and go. And um, it's, you're right. I, I didn't even think about that. And especially... Um, and also, you know, the colder months with the electricity being more predominant in the air and, um, everything. And I've always wanted to be like, I don't know, I'm kind of comedic, so I, I'm not like, I don't poke fun at it. I do a little no, bit. But that's, you know what, that's, that's, um, that's a good attitude to have. It's kind of a comedic attitude when you're, when you're doing investigation because everybody can get very, very serious. And it is, and it is. A very serious topic, and I, all of us take it very, very seriously. But you've got to have a light heart about the whole thing, too. Yes. Because things are going to happen. You're going to have somebody, you know, bump into you when they didn't announce that they were in the room, and you're both going to freak out and probably wet your pants, and you just have to be able to laugh at it later on. Yeah, and it's, and, and also, too, um, I, which I'm, I'm 27, so I'm, Dalton's eight, you know, he's 18, so still teaching him a little bit, you know, a little bit. I'm just kidding. I'm joking fun of him. But, no, it's, like I said, I, you know, I'm very outspoken. I'm very blunt. I'm very just uh, carefree. And, but when it comes to talking to whoever, you know, talking to whoever it may be that's got the um, potential activity going on in the home or, you know, even when we set foot into the home and the actual investigation is going on you know i i put all jokes aside and i focus because i don't want these spirits to come when we come into these places i don't want them to feel offended or you know like well i'm just making fun of them because they're dead and you know they this is all they can do is knock a coffee cup on the floor or you know say a voice here and there you know it's like they don't they're trying to channel it and it's you know, it's like, I, I know when to be serious, and it's like, you know, I want to go into these places and let them know, hey, I'm not here to make fun of you. I said, you know, y'all may watch me daily, or you see, but when the investigation comes on, you know, like, I want, you know, I want to give y'all a chance to be heard. I want, you know, whatever it is, the reason why you're inhabiting this place, why you're doing what you're doing, because as Dalton said earlier, you know, they used to be human. They used to feel. They used to have emotion. Just like we did, hurt, laugh, happiness, anger, sadness, and I don't want to belittle them just because they don't have a physical form anymore. And if and if you if you if you have the philosophy that spirits or entities are are people who have passed on, then you're as much a guest in their space as you are the people who physically reside there. Exactly. You don't want to be rude to them. Right, and it's kind of, and I don't want to say this, but kind of, okay, so kind of in reality, if you just want to, you know, look at it from this angle, 
it is, you do have to kind of go in there with a, you know, some type of manipulation. And when I say manipulation, you, you go in there and, you know, these people, okay, the, the spirit, the people who have passed on, not talking about demons, because demons, you know, that's a whole different ballgame, but like just a general spirit, they don't know you from Jack to Adam, just like you said, you know, you, you come in, you gain their trust, and if you get, you can gain their trust, you're more than likely going to get more evidence and better evidence, and it's because they, you know, like I said, they don't know, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a spirit, I mean, part of me, I'm curious to know, I mean, I don't want to die anytime soon, but, you know, I'm, I've always been drawn to that aspect of life. Death fascinates me. What happens to our soul fascinates me. You know, how does how does the spirit become trapped here? That has always, and that's where my deep philosophical, philosophical, excuse me, um, thinking comes in because I'm a Sagittarius, and so we're knowledge seekers. And it's just, you know, you have to break it down. Like, you, you literally have to be like, okay, these were once people, and you have to treat them like people. And, you know, I've been... Before I joined the group, I used to do my own little, you know, investigations for fun. I mean, I didn't have all the fancy evidence. I just had a digital camera and my phone. And the reason I didn't have some equipment is because I didn't know how easily attainable it was. Like, I didn't study that side. I was so focused on the spiritual side, not the physical side of, you know, the equipment. Where can I get it? And nor did I even try to ever seek anybody else out with the same interest that I had. So, you know, I would go and, you know, just with my phone and my camera alone, I have caught some pretty cool little pieces of evidence. It's amazing the kind of stuff you can catch with just the most basic equipment. I mean, when I started off, I, um, you know, I know you guys use a lot of equipment. Uh, When I started off, I had a reel-to-reel tape recorder and a little camera not not a digital camera just a regular camera and that was that was a my equipment that was my fancy equipment but i caught quite a bit of evidence using that stuff yeah and it and you know um i'm gonna say this before i lose it because that's where i lost my but when uh back to the other little subject about um you know when you go when you go on these investigations and you know it really i hope you don't mind me using this cuss word but it really pisses me off to no degree, and I have been with people, and, you know, I say, look, we're going to go to this location, and, you know, I want to be serious about it. Well, you know, I've, I've been with people, and they just, they're over there making fun of it, and I can understand you're skeptic, you know, whatever, but please, just just for a little bit, be respectful, you know, be respectful of these people who've passed on, because I want to show them that I'm here, and I care, and I want, you know, make their voice heard, just as in real life. And it just, when somebody doesn't take it seriously or when they make a joke about it um, and on an investigation, I mean, you can joke about it all day long around me. I don't care. But if I'm there and you're there, I'm going to call you out because you're going to screw up what we're trying to do. You're going to piss them off. And it could potentially unleash something benevolent because spirits, like I said, they feed off emotions. And, you know, if you come in there with, positive attitude, peace, welcoming, all that, you're likely to get better results. And that's where I, you know, and don't tell you that, I'm very 
I mean, I just say what's on my mind, and I'm just not going to put up with it because that used to be a human. That used to be somebody that had a physical body and a mind and emotions. And I wouldn't want somebody doing that to me, you know, if I pass, whatever happens to me after I die. And it's just, it's just one thing that, because, you know, Dalton said he wants to help people. You know, I'm all about helping people too. You know, I'm actually, I'm trying to get a career in law enforcement started. And, and it's the same aspect too. It's a lot of people forget, yeah, we want to help the homeowners, but don't forget about the spirits because the spirits are there for a reason. They're doing this for a reason. So we've got to help them too. And I'm, I'm just, that's one thing I'm just very passionate about. And, um, back to the, uh, power folk equipment, the phone on the camera, um, probably one of the coolest pictures I ever caught on my camera, digital camera. It was a little Kodak. I don't even remember. But, um, there's a cemetery over here where I live. I'm actually from Hamilton, Alabama. Probably nobody's ever heard of it. I would think we've been in the news, like, the national news twice. Um, but anyway, there's a cemetery over here, and there's, we have gotten, every time I go, just about, I get some type of activity, and Dalton went with me one day, because I wanted to go, that since we had, you know, actual equipment, I wanted to go investigate it. So, I took him that day, and it was about 6.30 in the afternoon, and um, we got some pretty cool stuff with the rim pod and the EMS detector, but anyway, so uh, I would go, and we'd always make it a, a, a tradition on Halloween, we'd go ghost hunting, we'd go to little local scary places around here, and I'd always bring my camera, well, cemetery I'm talking about is nicknamed Devil Cemetery, and it's uh, it's quite a creepy place, and it there's nothing but straight up negativity there. The feeling, the energy, the whole everything is just negative. And I was, we were out there. It was a whole big group of us. I don't know, 15, 20 of us. And I was snapping pictures. And my buddy had a Chevy, a little Chevy pickup. And he walked over there to his driver's side, and I snapped a picture. And I went, I snapped like I think two or three pictures back to back. And I went back to review it, and there was a man sitting in his driver's seat. Now, this was so, the image of this man was so clear. He had, you could tell he had on glasses. You could tell he had on a, like a, it would have been like a beigey, off-white button-up shirt. Um, He even had a comb over, and it was on, if you were looking at him, his comb over would have been on his left side, so it would have been going toward the right. And he was sitting there, and he had the most creepy, eerie-looking expression on his face. And what was weird is when the flash went off, his glasses caught the gleam of the flash, so I couldn't see his eyes. I could just see his mouth. And he looked like he may have been, I don't know, early 60s, and probably weighed 150 pounds. I mean, he was a very thin man. And I told my buddy, I said, hey, there's, I freaked out, obviously. That was, like, the one of the best uh, pieces of evidence I've ever caught. I'm like, I'm like, Bo, Bo. My nickname, uh, buddy's nickname is Bo. I'm like, uh, Bo, come here. There's somebody in your truck. He's like, what are you talking about? I was just over there. I was like, look, dude, I got this guy sitting in your truck. Sure enough, he's sitting there, and he's just staring at me. And I'll just, I'll never forget that image in my head. And I 
got that picture somewhere, but I don't, it's on a memory card. Um, wow. But it's just, and I, I've, several people have seen it, and it's, you know, and I'm, I'm the kind of person, you know, I try to always back up what I say, and because I, you know, I try to be as honest and as straightforward and legitimate as I can, and if I can find that picture, I don't know, I kind of have an idea of where the memory card is. I will mm-hmm. Because yes, please send that to us. We would we'd love to see that here. That, that sounds incredible. But there, for to, to clarify, there was definitely nobody in his truck physically, right? Nope. And and he, if if I could, if he was here with me, if I could, you know, add him to the phone call, I would. I mean, he would tell you that there was nobody. He went over there to get um to see he's he's a redneck, so he went over there to get his can of dip, and it's. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> just, okay. I love that. That's just perfect. He is. He's a redneck. He's actually on our team, actually. It's not set in stone yet, but we're still trying to get some things worked out. But um, I also forgot there was a – I caught an orb. It was like a golden, orangey color orb above his head because, actually, it's funny. He has a door open. And in the picture, the man is sitting in the driver's seat, and he is standing outside the truck. Uh, I can't remember if he's looking down or looking into the truck. And But there was that orb above his head, and it was a big orb, too. And I was like, he, he didn't get, he's like, you drive my truck home. He said, I'm not getting back in it. I said, I got my car to drive. You, Your ass is getting back in that truck. <laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> you better get in that truck. And, Don't uh, be scared. Yeah, don't be scared, boy. You a man. You, anyway. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, the, that's the kind of experiences that you, you, you know, you can't really put that kind of stuff on your resume. But, boy, it makes for a great story. It does. <laughs> and, and it, you know, it's just, that's probably one of the best uh, pictures. Well, that is the best picture I ever caught. But, you know, one of the coolest things is, you know, seeing that thing move, that highlighter move off the wall by itself. And then, uh, actually, this happened last year. We was at the same cemetery. And I actually had kinfolk buried there. And I didn't, I knew that years ago, but I'd forgotten. And I don't know, I always get affected when I go up there. And always. And I don't know if it's just because my kinfolk, I don't, I don't know. But I just, I hate that place. But I still love going back because I get activity. And, but me and, me and three of my buddies, same, same redneck guy, Bo, we, um, (laughs) we went up there one night and, you know, we were doing, we were just sitting there and I was like, uh, I I wasn't filming, I wasn't taking pictures, nothing. And I was, I had my windows down and I want to say it was around midnight. And it was a three-quarter moon that night, and I was sitting there, and, you know, they were kind of laughing and talking. I'm like, y'all shut up for a minute. So I'm sitting there, and I stick my head out the window, and I I say, hello. Well, nothing yet. I said, you know, is there anybody there? You know, your typical talk. Excuse me. Talking to him. Laughter, I don't know, the fifth hello. I got a response back. And we heard, we, we physically heard it with our ears. And it was, it sounded, the best way I can describe it was, it was the voice of an elderly man 
that sounded like he had the accent, the southern, the old um, southern accent from like the uh, late 1800s, you know, that Civil War accent, um, kind of Annabella yeah, style. Yeah, it's a, it's a soft southern accent. Yeah, it's like, I do declare, you know, that, that accent. Well, right. he, he, the response was, I just said, hello, it was like, hello, like that. And it, like, I just got instant, instant goosebumps. But I wasn't, like, scared. And something just told me, and, like, I still feel it today, that he was laughing at us. That he thought us being there was funny. And so he, I feel like he said it, hello, you know, to be extra creepy sounding. I feel like he did it on purpose. And <laughs> for, I mean, that's well, really, I, like. I got goosebumps just hearing that, just hearing you talk about it. Yeah, it was like he, I mean, he was just like, and it was, it was maybe, and it sounded like he was 10, 15 feet away from my car. And um, I was like, holy crap. I just got a response, and I actually heard it with my own two ears. And then everybody else did. Well, they got freaked out. They was like, let's go, Jessica, let's go. I'm like, no, uh-uh. No, y'all wanted to go ghost hunting, so we're going to do it. Well, no, like, it just got interesting. Why are we leaving now? Exactly. Because y'all heard hello from somebody you can't see. And it was like, well, hell yeah, let's go. I don't know what that thing looks like. I was, and I was like, fine. So, um. And y'all may think I'm goofy for doing this, but I actually apologize to the spirit. I said, well, I know we were just making conversation, but my buddies are a little freaked out, and I'm gonna, we're going to leave now before they have a heart attack. Because I really can't afford a trip to the ER. So, And I don't know. But that, was the only, that was the only positive. It's weird. The only positive experience that I had up there was that voice. But everything else has been kind of neutral or somewhat negative and right. but that's why I just I have that feeling that he was just being funny and he was just you know just a lonely old man soul just you know that's a that's a nice thought to have though that that if again if, if these are if these are spirits of folks who have passed on that they that we retain that sense of humor that in in the afterlife that it's not just moaning around and moving stuff that, that you actually can laugh a little bit. Yeah. And it's, and that's, you know, and that's what I try to be. Like, I, I still try to, you know, connect with them on a personal level. And that's why, you know, I go it like, I don't go into these places with my guard completely down because you, like, you know, you could have somebody says, oh, you know, we've got the a spirit of a little girl and, you know, she's very playful. Well, what they don't know is that could also be a demon in disguise. Yeah, that's that. Anytime somebody says something like that to me, every red flag I got goes up. Yeah, and so that's why you want to be careful, and obviously, you know, study and interrogate the crap out of them, and find out every single thing that happens. And that's why you know. And oh, I'll say this, and then I'm gonna let Dalton have the floor. But um. I, this is another, okay, here's, here's a little bit of advice, um, to someone who is kind of thinking, well, I kind of can relate to her, you know, as far as, like, feeling stuff and sensing things, go in there, don't let your guard down, you know, as soon as you feel 
any type, like if you go, just like I said, for the example, you know, if someone says, you know, we've got the spirit of a little girl, she makes her, you know, she appears every now and then, and, um, you know, she'll, whatever. What I want to tell people is, if you go, you know, if you go on an investigation and you go somewhere like that, the first minute, second, or whatever that you feel any type of negative energy, feeling, thought, you better, you better, oh, you better close, you better put that guard up because not many people can feel that because obviously the homeowners, you know, they're just, but a spirit is going to allow you to feel what they want you to feel. A demon is going to because they're 10 times, 20 times more powerful than a human spirit. So it's like the minute that you feel that negative energy, that's when you need to say, okay, there's, I'm not saying it's demonic. But we need to kind of look at this at another angle. Don't just go in there solely relying on what they tell you. Trust your gut. If you go in and you, like I said, you feel that negative, negative energy, put your guard up. Protect yourself because you are number one. Because if you get attacked, then you can't continue with the investigation. And then you're screwed because you may have, you know, a potential uh spiritual attachment of some sort that may be evil yeah absolutely i to tell folks that when when i would go in i equate it to i keep i have a window open and i can sense the stuff through this window but i got my hands on the windowsill the whole time and if something if something doesn't feel right i slam that window shut hard because i gotta protect myself exactly because you know, and it's just the same concept as, you know, if you don't have healthy doctors, healthy police officers, first responders, EMTs, nurses, then who's going to help you? You know what I'm saying? It's it's that same kind of concept. It's you have to protect yourself. Obviously, we're trying to help the people. We're trying to help, you know, if there's good spirits trapped there or whatever. But ultimately, it does fall back on you. You have to be somewhat selfish in these investigations and protect yourself. And, you know, there's a lot of, I know that there's a lot of up and coming um, investigators and people getting into the paranormal. That's the best thing I can tell you is don't let your guard down. Go in with an open mind. Don't go in with a predetermination of, okay, you know, this is whatever. Keep an open mind, but yet keep your guard up. And it's kind of hard. That's something, I mean, that's, that's, it's complicated to be able to have that, both of those mind frames mindsets at the same time and that's just something you've got to work on you have to just you know get in tune with yourself and just trust your gut you're now i'm not saying nobody's perfect your gut's not perfect all the time but your gut your intuition is there for a reason that is your subconscious way of protecting yourself and you know foreseeing things that you that might you know something bad might happen or you know so well that's that's what that's what disturbs me and and i you know like most other people i i love the haunting shows the ghost adventures and uh you know ghost hunters things like that i i love those shows the thing that bothers me is is how aggressive a lot of times they are and how inviting they are to be personally attacked and i'm just thinking that's the the problem is is if you want to do that to yourself that's fine 
But, and you guys are an example of this, there's a lot of folks coming up in the paranormal community now that are wanting to be investigators specifically because they see these shows and they see that, you know, that this is something that could actually be done, that you could actually go out and capture evidence, but they're using those shows as the example of this is how you do that. Right. And it's not it's not always the best way to handle it, in, in my opinion. Other people have different opinions, but... I, I I don't like being really super aggressive, and I definitely don't like inviting something to to jump on me or attack me. And yeah, you know, if it happens, it happens. But I don't ever invite it in. Exactly, and it and you know when I when I was younger, um, like when I first got my driver's license and stuff, you know, and I was going places, I didn't necessarily. I did kind of mainly rely on you know the stuff that I saw on TV, which I mean. Now, that's TV, and they've got to do some things to make a TV show. They've got to keep ratings. I mean, that's understandable. And, you know, a lot of the stuff on there is authentic, but it's kind of like you can't rely on that to, okay, you know, like Zach Bagans. I hope you don't hear this, by the way. You're, I'm a fan, but, dude, you are so dramatic. I'm telling you right now, like, <laughs> you can hear a mouse part, and it'd be like, Harry, did you hear that? Go in that, go in that dark crawl space. Like I'm, my, I'm too pretty to go in there. And I'm like, dude, you have muscles on top of muscles, and yet you're scared of a little noise. And he sends Aaron or Billy or Jay in there. Like, really? And yeah, yeah. And, and I, I, I like Zach. I, I like Zach on a personal level. My daughter's got a huge crush on him. Um, has since she was three years old. Um, you know, I, I like, I like what he does i like him personally i think that he uh he definitely brings a lot of attention to uh to the world of the paranormal but yeah he just dude why are you always sending Aaron in there go in there yourself he's so dramatic and it's you know going up when i was when they first got started you know in the mid-2000s and i i was sitting there watching and of course i had a crush on him and i mean i still do he is a nice looking guy but it's like he kills the show for me now because he's so, like, he'll be so dramatic. And it's like, yeah, he'll take it seriously. And then, but he's kind of, I'm not, I'm not calling him out, but it's kind of, you, you're sending, like you just said, you're sending the wrong idea to these, you know, people just getting into this and like, you know, busting up the house. Okay, demons, where you at? Come attack me. You know, where you at, Zozo? Where you at? Come get me. Where you at? You know, you don't you don't need to do that. That could be kind of no. You don't need to do that. And, and I will say, if, if Zach is listening to this, and I hope he is, uh, hey Zach, give me give me a call, Zach, and we'll we'll discuss it. Jesse, if you want me to, I'll put Zach in touch with you, and you and him can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do that, do that, yeah. Because I'll be like, I'll be like, dude, look. I'm a female. I'm five three, 140 pounds, and you're like what six two, 180, 200 pounds, and you like you gonna see an Aaron up in there. Aaron, I feel bad for you, dude. Like sometimes, but don't. Well, Aaron's here, disposable. Yes, yes, <laughs> he is. He's like he's a minion. He's like minion, and but no. Aaron's a great guy. Aaron really is a great guy. I just. I, I, Though. They're they're one of the reasons, and I mean I will say this: they're one of the reasons that has kept my interest. I mean, there's other you know 
uh, Steven Tango, you know, they're, they're, they've been in it a lot longer than Zach and his crew. And, you know, they're, and I like to watch their shows because they're not as, they're nowhere near as dramatic as Ghost Adventures. Now, Ghost Adventures is very comedic and I can, you know, sit there and laugh at it. And uh-huh. everybody does, does it their own way. And, you know, and uh-huh. I'm going to tell you, I, Dalton and I, the rest of the group, it'd be pretty dang cool for us to have our own show on the Travel Channel one day. You know, we'll be the Redneck Ghost Hunters or something. I don't know. But. <laughs> well, and, and as you know, the, the way that Steve Gonzalez and, uh, and Dave Tango and those guys conduct their investigations are a lot more like what probably you guys are doing and like, like what I did whenever I was doing investigations full time. Yeah. Um, they're. You know, you, you do goof around, you do joke around a little bit and stuff like that, but it's it's not nearly as as like you said, as dramatic as some other shows make it look out to be. Right. And it's you know, and that's and, and it's no, I mean and Zach, like like I said, dude, if you listen to it, like I don't hate you at all. I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, it's just every team has their own style and if you are baldy enough to go in there like Zach does and, you know, confront a demon face-to-face, okay, more power to you. But, you know, there's several ways to come out of demon than, you know, yeah, you, you kind of need to provoke it a little bit or in some aspect, but, you know, you just, I don't know, you just, it's it's a very, very sticky situation, and it could it could turn bad, you know, quickly. Um, right, you, you, you have to be smart about it the right. whole time. Right, and I just don't want nobody, you know, anybody listening or anything. I don't want somebody going in and, you know, seeing what they doing what they see on TV. You know, Zach and them, and or some of these others like uh, the Tennessee Wraith Chasers, which I'm actually friends with a couple of the guys from uh, Mike and Scott. But it's kind of, you know, they're they're more laid back. They're more, you know, they're serious about it, but they're more laid back, and they have fun. Um, so it's like you just, everybody has their own personality. Every group has their own, um, like I said, way of doing things. And I just don't want nobody to get hurt um, getting the wrong idea. Like, the, do your research. You know, study study on investigations, the paranormal. I mean, go to the library, Google. I mean, you can't trust everything on the Internet, but, you know, that's where I've learned a lot of my information is personal experiences, talking to other people, the internet, books, TV, and just, I'm like a little sponge. I've tried to soak up as much as I can. Um, and I've even studied on um, some demonology stuff, too, because, like I said, that interests me. And mm-hmm. it, it's, um, and plus, you, you, can't, you can't have a paranormal team and not have knowledge about demons you just can't you can't because i mean if you if you put a team together and you don't have at least one if not two people on the team and y'all go up it could be it could be a mess and yeah, you're going to run unfortunately I, I hate to say this you're going to run into that at some point right you, you cannot you can't avoid it no. and that's sad but you know, it's kind of almost it's it's almost like, you know, we all try to look out for each other, but then again it's kinda of like almost every man for himself, so to speak. It's like, you know, who's got the best common sense? And uh-huh. that's just what I try to have. You know, they think a lot of us southerners we don't have common sense, but yeah, and some of us don't. Some of us don't. Just, 
There's 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 a reason here. Hold my beer is is a thing. Exactly. <laughs> hold my beer. Let me put my hair up and let me go. Let me. Go but you know what? That 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 happens in New Jersey too. So. <laughs> oh, wow. hey, hey, Dalton. I know we we kind of. I don't want to say we've been ignoring you, but we've been letting you just sit along the side. I did want to ask you because um, you know, you're. I know you're the lead in your group. Um. And because we've been talking about the TV shows and the predominance of uh, the paranormal in the pop culture, a lot of people have an idea of what's going to happen with an investigation. Have you ever run into anybody or, or into, into any misconceptions when you're going into an investigation? Or, and how do you handle things like that? Well, I mean, we, we really haven't had any misconceptions that I can think of right off the bat. I mean, other than, I mean, people thinking all spirits are demons, which is not true. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just simply not true. And I mean, even in the Bible, it says that spirits exist and spirits, demons and angels are all separate beings. Uh, but I mean, that's really the only misconception I can really think of. Uh, right. Anything like that. Uh, well, I know, that, I know, um, as as a Christian myself, I know you guys y'all mentioned about you know the the kind of the for lack of a better term the backlash you get as a paranormal investigator from some Christians and ghosts are biblical. I mean, when you look in the, the story of David, they called up the ghost of Samuel to confirm David is king. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's it's a biblical thing. You know, you, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't. This this should be an area of expertise for you, not something for you to to lash out against personally. That's just my personal philosophy. And 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 I believe that one hundred percent. As a matter of fact, I actually tell people that you know if you believe in God and you believe in the Bible, but you say spirits aren't real, that's I mean that's just you can't. I mean that's that's a contradiction. You're saying that God's real and you're saying that you believe in the Bible, but yet. Spirits aren't real. I mean, it's it says plain as day in the Bible. I mean, in in many different parts over throughout it. I mean, it mentions spirits. Uh, mm -hmm. But I mean, it's just it's just it's just a big contradiction. I mean, if you believe in God but you don't believe in spirits, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's exactly the way I've I've always felt that way, and I've I've gotten some you know some flack about being heavily into the paranormal from some Christian friends of mine, but when I explain it to them, they're, they're like, oh, okay, well, because a, a lot of times they think that you're dabbling in things, and now you're doing serious investigations. You're trying to actually gather evidence, and you're trying to actually, I don't want to say prove the existence of, because it's kind of a thing you can't really prove, um, but you're trying to gather as much evidence as you can, not only to, to legitimize what you're doing, but also to help the folks whose home you're in. Well, guys, that's where we're going to have to cut off this conversation. It's pretty much at the halfway mark, but I will tell you that at this point of our talk, we started getting into a little more dark areas where we started talking about some future investigations that they are going to be doing. We went into some areas where we were talking about uh, places that have potential demonic activity, which 
you know, I felt like was better suited towards maybe the second episode. And then also we went over some EVPs that they were kind enough to share with us. So you guys make sure that you tune in next week and catch part two of this great conversation with Jessica and Dalton. You will not be disappointed, I promise. That being said, I do appreciate you guys listening to us this week. If you're on Facebook, check out our page, True Paranormal-ThePodcast. Give us a like and let us know that you're out there. We've got a lot of information on our Facebook page. Uh, not only just old episodes and things like that, but we have a lot of articles on there and some funny memes and whatever we could just kind of throw at the wall that we think you guys might enjoy. Also, if you're on Facebook, make sure that you guys connect with Jessica and Dalton. That They're at Southern Souls Paranormal on Facebook, and we've got all the links to all of their stuff on our show notes. But make sure that you guys check their page out and give them a like and let them know that you heard about them on True Paranormal. I know that they would love to hear from you guys. If you're on iTunes and you're listening to us, be sure to subscribe and give us a rating and a review if you get a chance. Also, we're on Google Play and all kinds of other platforms. Wherever you're at, let us know that you're out there. And also follow us on Twitter at TrueParaPodcast. Or you could also just search for TrueParanormal-ThePodcast, just like you would any other time. And we're right there. Give us a little check mark and say howdy if you get a chance. I'd like to thank you guys for listening to us this week, and every week for that matter. Be sure to join us again next week for part two of our conversation with Southern Souls Paranormal, right here on True Paranormal, the podcast. Mm -hmm.